Fringe, where we discuss season two of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode 15. Let's get started. Okay, this is Sister J. I'm doing the recap for episode 15 called Jacksonville. And this originally aired in February, so it's kind of old, but anyway. Okay, this is the episode where we start out in Manhattan, and there's an architect, and he's working late in his office. We learned that uh, his building has withstood several little mini tremors all day long, but nothing, you know, serious. After one of his co-workers leaves the office and leaves him there, then there's a major earthquake, and the man is thrown to the floor. When all the dust settles, the man has four arms and four legs, and a steel beam is embedded in his shoulder. So the next scene we have is Broyles and Olivia and, their, and all the crew, uh, they're arriving at the building. And Broyles says that several witnesses felt the ground shift, but nobody saw anything uh, uh, about what happened. They noticed that the building looks rearranged, and that's the word they use, rearranged from its uh, original place. So inside the building, when they go inside, Broyles tells them that the emergency team said there were no survivors. All the dead people they encounter as they are walking through the building, they have their body parts are rearranged or embedded in other body parts, like their arms embedded in the forehead or, you know, in their hip or something. They find, but they do find a man, uh, the man with four arms and four legs, and they question him because he's still alive. And they notice, as they're questioning him, they notice something moving under his shirt. And Walter unbuttons that man's shirt, and it reveals a second head in that man's chest. That is some nasty stuff. That just freaked me out. But anyway, and then right after that, the man dies. So Walter tells them that they are standing in two buildings, one of which came from the alternate universe. Mm -hmm. So then... They go to a commercial and they come back and Olivia says that this is exactly what William Bell tried to warn her about. That two things try to occupy the same space at the same time and it can't be done. So back at the lab, Walter tells them that he and Belly or William Bell did an experiment once where they sent a car to the alternate universe and a car of equal mass came back. And he shows them this old newspaper article where it showed this old car, like a 1960s model car, and it was like wrapped around, but it was like through this flagpole on the campus uh, of of the uh, university. So Walter has calculated that there's another building somewhere in Manhattan that's going to shift on top of a building in the alternate universe. Because since the alternate universe shifted a building into our universe, then vice versa has to occur. And he estimates that they have about 35 hours, and but that all the people within that building that's going to shift, they're going to die. So, of course, Olivia says, you know, we can't have that. So, at the FBI headquarters, Olivia tells Broyles that Newton, remember Newton? The little uh, guy who, who embedded those uh, brain parts in Walter? That Newton, he's the reanimated man with the tattoo that William Bell warned Olivia about. Uh, he had set these, these events in motion by trying to find the door to the alternate universe. And William Bell warned her about that, too. 
So at the lab, Walter explains to all of them that objects from the alternate universe have a glimmer, and that's what he's calling it, a glimmer around them. So whatever building on this side in our world that will be shifting right before it shifts, it's going to have that same <clears throat> glimmer before it moves to the alternate uh, universe. And Walter says that Olivia is the only person that he's ever known who can see this glimmer because she saw it once before. Ooh, that's freaky. So still at the lab, Walter says that during the cortexafan drug trials that he and William Bell did, Olivia was the only child out of 30 children who could see the glimmer. And Walter says he must go back to the place where they did the trials, and that's in Jacksonville. Now, I'm assuming it's Florida, but they never say what state, but it's the, the town of Jacksonville. So Walter, Peter, and Olivia go to Jacksonville, and they go to the very lab where Walter and William Bell first conducted the drug trials. And on the outside of the lab, it, it says uh, Jacksonville Daycare Center, you know, because they had all those children there. Um, and, you know, when they were back at the lab, Walter tells Olivia what he, he has to do, that he has to recreate that same uh, 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 experiment and see if she can, you know, see the glimmer. And of course, Peter objects and says, that's too dangerous. And Olivia says, okay, I'll do it. So that's why they all go to Jacksonville together. So when they arrive at this building that says the Jacksonville daycare center, they go inside, but Walter knows the, or remembers anyway, he recalls the combination of this big combination lock that's on the outside of the building, uh, with all these chains around it. So, you know, they can go in without having to break in. I think Peter was probably ready to break in, though, because he probably got that skill. But anyway, but as they go inside, the, the, the most interesting thing is that Olivia looks angry, and she looks really perturbed as she's looking all around. Walter takes them to this one classroom, and he asks Olivia to look at the items in the room. And Olivia looks at all the objects and says she sees nothing. And then as they get ready to leave the room, Walter says, well, that there were 16 objects from the other side in that room. So, you know, Olivia's kind of kind of disappointed that she couldn't see a glimmer or anything. Then the next scene, Walter begins his tests on Olivia. He has uh, several leads hooked up to her head and her scalp, and, and he asked Peter to uh, insert an IV in her left arm for the drugs. And after the drugs are given to her, Olivia hallucinates that she is in a forest with tall trees and she meets herself as a child. When she asks the child what her name is, the little girl says Olive, which I found very interesting. The child is afraid because there's a black cloud racing back and forth above her. You know, it was kind of like that black cloud they got in Lost. That was real <clears throat> silly. But anyway, it's this black cow, uh, cloud that's, that's, you know, moving around above her. And it's racing back and forth. And, but suddenly the child is gone and Olivia is calling her name. And, uh, excuse me, I missed something because the wind's blowing and everything. And Olivia's telling the child, you know, not to be afraid and everything. And then all of a sudden the kid's gone. And then when Olivia's calling this child's name, all of a sudden this little girl named Olive appears right in Olivia's face and she got these like burning eyes or 
you know, it's like golden eyes or it something. It was freaky. Yeah, it was freaky. <clears throat> freak, freaky stuff. And so uh, immediately when Olivia, in her hallucination, sees this child, Olive, with the burning eyes, Olivia abruptly wakes up. And she turns around to Walter, and she is livid. She is chastising Walter for doing that type of experiment on children. She is really, really angry. So then, you know, we got another commercial. Olivia goes back into the classroom after she calms down, the classroom where those 16 objects were from the alternate universe, and she looks at them again. And she picks up a few of them, but she still doesn't see any kind of glimmer. Now, back in Manhattan, Nina Sharp is walking to her apartment building. And she hears dogs barking, of which Walter had already said that dogs barking is one of the things that happened before the tremor started in the original uh, or in the building in Manhattan, according to the witnesses. So eventually the building's going to shift. So Nina immediately calls Broyles and tells him it's starting. <clears throat> so Broyles calls Olivia and tells her it's starting. Y'all better get on it. <laughs> so Walter is in a room watching an old film of Olivia as a child. And Walter really looks um, conflicted. He looks sad, sad and, and forlorn, but also interested as well, because he, he is a scientist. Olivia on the film is uh, the little child named Olive is sitting in a corner of a room and she appears to be very frightened. Well, Olivia, the FBI agent, grown up, walks in as Walter is watching the film and she begins fussing at Walter all over again about doing uh, these types of experiments on children. And Walter eventually tells Olivia that the reason she cannot see the glimmer now is because, of course, she's an adult. She's different from when she was a child. She's no longer fearful of anything. So he tells her that if she wants to save the people in that building, that's going to be shifting in a short time. She has to find her fear, which I thought was very interesting. Next uh, scene, we have Olivia. She's walking down a long hall, and she's walking to the room that she was in on the film as a child. And she kind of sits in the corner and is about ready to cry. And Peter comes in and asks if she's all right. And Olivia tells him she feels really bad because she's not afraid of anything anymore. So she can't see the glimmer, which means she can't save the people. So mm. next we're back in Manhattan. Uh, uh, excuse me. Yeah, we're back in Manhattan. Uh, Broyles, Nina Sharp, Olivia, Peter, and Walter, they're all at massive dynamic offices in Manhattan. And they're trying to figure out what to do since Olivia can't see the glimmer anymore. Peter and Walter go to one lab that is checking on a seismic activity and they begin brainstorming. What if this? What if that? They begin putting data into a computer program so they can narrow down the possible buildings that could be shifting to the alternate universe. Olivia is feeling really guilty and very, very bad that she failed to see the glimmer. She tells Peter <clears throat> that she is scared. Then... Eureka! It's like a light bulb went, went above her head. She realizes, hey, that's exactly what she needed to do. So uh, She needed to feel scared, the fear. So she runs to the window, and she's looking out over the skyline of the building. Because, you know, in Massive Dynamics, they way up in the air. Probably 50th floor or something. And she starts searching for 
to see if she could see a building with a glimmer. And she sees one way off in the distance. So the next time we see Olivia, she's in one of those nondescript dark SUVs racing through the streets looking for the glimmer. And she's on the phone and she's telling Broyles that she sees a glimmer at a hotel on Washington Street in the West Village. Broyles calls the police and the fire department and tell them, uh, tells them to immediately evacuate that hotel. As Olivia arrives at that hotel, uh, she runs up to the doorman who has just let out the last people who tells her that everyone has gotten out of the building uh, and he doesn't even hardly close the door before the earth begins to quake and the wind is so strong that Olivia has to hang on to like a, a parking meter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, well, <clears throat> it was like yeah. a parking meter. Yeah. And that man had to hang on to something too. I, well, he was kind of hanging on to Olivia or, or else that wind would have sucked them in. So, excuse me. So uh, after everything calms down and they get up and look, there's a big, large, empty space where that hotel had been. So that's real freaky. So, but at least she got to save all the people because all the people got out safely. Now, the final scene of this episode was Peter is telling Walter that Astrid, and Peter's real happy, you know, and he's telling Walter that Astrid is coming over to play cards with him because he's going out for drinks with Olivia. Oh, Walter is very pleased. He's just grinning and grinning saying, oh, great. So then there's a knock at the door and Peter says, and Walter says, oh, you want me to get that? Peter says, no, 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 I get it. So Peter answers the door and Olivia enters and looks at him smiling like, you know, hey, Peter, but her smile suddenly kind of wanes away as she sees a glimmer around Peter. <clears throat> Ooh. Well, Walter's across the room, and he's smiling when Olivia first steps uh, uh, over the threshold, but he's watching her face So from across the room, so he starts looking really worried. So Peter says, okay, uh, I'll be right back. Let me go get my jacket. And Walter walks up to Olivia, and he whispers to Olivia, Olivia, please don't tell him. That's the end. Ooh, that was a good episode. That was a good. Okay, now that's a that was a short recap. That was about the same as mine. <laughs> yeah, you said it was long. Yeah, I know. That I really oh, I love this, this episode. episode. I, I really do, it. except for except, the nasty part. Well, for the freaky stuff, but you know that beginning scene though. Uh, I thought it was good in the context of what was happening because that building. Uh, superseded, uh, superimposed on, itself. Yeah, superimposed uh, itself on top of the other building because there wasn't a space there, and so of course everything would be jumbled up. But when they opened up that dude's shirt and his head, oh. and he had a second head, Ooh. that's what did it for me. I couldn't watch that. But otherwise, <clears throat> and it reminded me of remember that movie Total Recall? Yeah, and that creature was in that dude's chest or yes. stomach. Oh, I I just got grossed out. <laughs> Well, I was grossed out as they were looking at all the bodies, and there yeah. was an arm coming out of somebody's neck. Yeah. There was a foot coming out of somebody's back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the shit happened? <laughs> Tell us something. I thought it was a good explanation, it was, though. It was good, yeah. but oh, it was so nasty. And I liked how they, they, I liked how they brought it back to... Uh, both uh, Walter and Olivia well, with William Bell and, and like what he told Olivia and then with Walter, uh, the experiments him and William Bell did, see. So. Yeah, well, what I thought was good too is they kept it up in that 
<clears throat> excuse me, when they researched the guy and his stomach head, the head that was in the stomach said, please tell my wife yes. that I love her. And they looked him up and said, he ain't married here. Yeah. Because they're looking at him in this universe. In yep. the other universe, he was married. <clears throat> excuse me. Yep. So I really liked how they kept the whole That's true. alternate universe going. Yep. That's true. With that story, with with them not being able to find a wife mm-hmm. on this side. And, you know, even though well, Olivia has a right to be angry, I was still, after about the third scene where she was fussing at Walter, I was getting tired of it. I wasn't. I was getting tired of it, yeah. Well, she's never dealt... She doesn't deal with stuff. That's true. But, I mean, all the she's first season, dealt, she's known that Walter experimented on her ass, you know? No, not the whole first season, but, you know, she found out, and then it was busy, and they never dealt with it. Well, this that's the first true. episode, or second, where she's actually dealing with it, and you can see her reacting to it. And so, I thought it was great that she was pissed. Yeah, she was pissed. <clears throat> but if we go back to the beginning of the episode... Um, I really love the way it started out with, okay, the nasty dude and all that stuff, the arms and all that. But when Peter called, or excuse me, when Olivia called Peter and Walter to tell him, hey, we got this new case. Mm-hmm. <coughs> we got, she's like, you have an all expense paid trip to New York City. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of bantering back and forth and teasing each other. I really like that because it was more personal. We don't see enough of like the personal side of them. We see all of their experiments and let's figure out what happened but we don't see them interacting so much together just as people well, and I kind of like that I like when they incorporate them interacting as people along with all the other fringe stuff that we deal with well that's true but unlike <clears throat> another show I will not mention Olivia is an FBI agent and she's a good one and she is just that personality she does not get upset or she doesn't show emotion a lot because that's the nature of her job. What does that have to do with what I'm talking about? Well, because she doesn't take the time to always talk to Peter and stuff. Or... No, I'm just, no, it's not her character that doesn't do it. It's the writers that oh, don't Lord. always have the time to do that in each episode. What I am saying is that when they find the time and it makes sense in the episode to show them talking with each other, just talking and not talking about a case Mm -hmm. or who died or something about fringe science. Mm -hmm. When they're just talking as people, I really like that. Yeah. And then when, and then when uh, Peter says, Hey, Walter, we want a trip to New York. He's and Walter was like, I've never won anything before. It was just so cute. (laughs) Well, the, the whole reason why they set that up, I know is for the last scene in the whole well, show. Well, it wasn't the last scene. Well, no, yeah. no, it wasn't the last scene. Yeah. They set it up for the scene in the middle that you skipped over in your recap. What scene? The scene where they almost kiss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. So, so yeah. I mentally blocked it out. I know. When, I, when, you, when that scene was happening, I was like, no! No, 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 no. I did no, not like no. that at all. I was all. like, if they do that, I am through. Although I know. I was lying to myself. I know. <laughs> but I was going to be so upset if they did it. And I'm so glad they didn't do it. Yeah. I, I'm even upset that they even hinted at it. See, I, I don't like, like that. that. I don't I like, like that, that at all. Me neither. I didn't don't like it even at hint all. at it. Now, it was cute in the previous episode. Walter's talking about, you think she'll call me dad? Da, da, da. Yeah. But 
to actually have them look at each other and have this little twinge where they think they're going to do something. I don't want to see that. I don't no. like it. I don't want to deal with I it. Didn't, didn't like it. I did. But evidently, <coughs> but in my opinion, that's why they set it up. They set those two scenes up. For the final scene, which is, then she sees he's the alternate Peter, well, and that changes <clears throat> her whole view. That was going to happen anyway. I don't think that had anything mm. to do with it. Well, that's Honestly. the way I look at it. I look at it from a, count, a continuity we knew, situation. We knew back in, I don't remember what episode of this season, when we were talking, when she went to see William Bell in the alternate universe, and he said, you're going to see things. And then she got back, and she started hearing stuff real closely and she couldn't mm-hmm. sleep and she went to see Sam for the first time and said yeah you're going to see some stuff mm-hmm. we knew then somehow she was going to figure out that yep. Peter was an alternate alternate Peter <clears throat> mm-hmm. we knew that mm-hmm. so to me the first scene where they're kind of bantering back and forth and then the scene where they kind of kiss had nothing to do with the scene of her seeing him glimmer well that's you but in right. my opinion well let me explain what I thought well you already said your opinion you three times you did. I'm just saying it had nothing to me to do with those two things. They're just trying to show them being close, friends, almost whatever happened, <coughs> and then her seeing him. And then did you see her give Walter the stink eye when she saw him <laughs> glimmering and shimmering? And he walked off, and Walter was like, "Please don't tell." She was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, she I mad? No, you didn't. She mad on all top over of again. experimenting on my ass. Mm-hmm. You done snatched him from somewhere." Yep. Now, what I would have asked immediately was, what what happened? But we get to that in another episode. Now, what I thought was a really good scene, too, was when they actually did go to Jacksonville in that daycare. It was so freaky for them to go into that empty daycare. It was all run down, but all the stuff was still in it. <clears throat> to me, it was just really freaky to be in there and know, and I think this is what her little reaction was, that while they're in this daycare, supposedly... Being cared for by people, they were experimenting on them. And it's, it's like a parent's nightmare of when you have your kids somewhere in a daycare that they're not being taken care of right. Because here these kids were in this daycare being experimented on. Well, I didn't have that same point of view. First of all, I thought it was very unusual that the building was not run down as it should be. Olivia's now a 30-year-old woman. And that building was in pretty daggum good shape. Oh, the outside of the building was dusty and musty and stuff. But that building was not in bad shape. All the rooms were there. All, every single bed and equipment and everything was still there. It was just covered. Just like you do like with an old mansion or something. So I found that extremely interesting that it was not in disrepair. Number one. Number two, uh, I did not get the impression at all that it was a daycare. It was a place where Olivia and all those 30 children lived all day long. That's where they were. The Walter and, and William Bell put Jacksonville daycare on there so nobody would probably be questioning yeah, that's that. that's a good idea. But, mm-hmm. no, they were not, I mean, uh, wasn't Olivia like adopted or something? I mean, these children lived there. Yeah, her, she had a mother, but her mother had, a, she had a stepfather. Right. But these <laughs> children lived there 24-7. It wasn't like our notions of a daycare. So, what I thought was very, very telling, and I don't know, a, a certain ways Olivia looked, especially when she was, uh, finding the room that she was in 
on the film. And that is, I don't know, she had this kind of look and so did Peter like, you know, uh, damn, this stuff's in pretty damn good shape for it to be so many years ago. Had to be at least 30 years ago or 25 or, you know, however old she is. But anyway, <laughs> but that's what impressed me was that how, how well, everything, as soon as he uncovered, took the covers off, everything was there. And it's just like the main room where they were going to do, uh, uh hook Olivia back up. You know, Peter was in there and <clears throat> they had this, uh, they had this, uh, Long chair with the little straps and everything. No, the chair that you yeah. use. And Peter, Peter <clears throat> was looked upset. And I'm thinking, well, damn. Yeah, because they strapped them damn kids down. <laughs> but I'm thinking, well, you wasn't experimented on. But know. that's upsetting to realize. If it you is. see something where kids were exactly experimented on and tortured a tad bit. And then after she had her little dream, mm-hmm. I was freaking out. Tell my like, y'all did this shit to kids. Mm-hmm. But... <clears throat> I thought she was, it was freaking out as an adult. I thought it was very good writing for the writers to have Olive tell Olivia Ooh, in her that hallucination that I'm scared. And she was, you know, you don't have anything to be scared about and stuff. Yeah. And that was the only reason she couldn't see the glimmers because she wasn't afraid. But I, it was, to me, it was too abrupt. Okay. She's not afraid. She's grown. I like the fact that, <coughs> excuse me. Her and Peter were talking. <coughs> Excuse me. Either her and Peter or her and Walter. Peter. Were talking and he realized that she isn't afraid of anything anymore because she used to be so afraid with that situation. And she's kind of made herself into this person who's not afraid, who faces all of her fears head on, blah, blah, blah. But then all of a sudden, she's afraid. I didn't think that was abrupt <laughs> at all because the point was... They had less than an hour or X a number of people were going to die. And she not only felt guilty, but she felt very guilty. And her and Peter was just, you know, she was standing off by herself, feeling guilty and looking guilty. And Peter was the one that, you know, came and tried to talk with her. And she just told him, I'm scared because she was scared for the people. And then she realized Oh, wait a minute. That's exactly what I need to do. I can see the glimmer. I didn't think it was abrupt at all. I, I thought it was very, very well done. I my, did. Myself. And so. of course, you know, as all things Fringe and other shows, <laughs> you know, you find the building in the nick of time. Well, sure. Everybody gets out. It's an hour show. They got to wrap it up. Yeah. You yeah. know. But I, I just, I love that episode. I love the ending. I love the end when he's yeah, shimmering and glimmering. Yeah, and she she realizes, oh, oh, that's the alternate Peter. Yeah. Okay, did we have any emails? We did for this episode. We did. Okay, first one is from Jessica. Hey, Jessica, <coughs> or Miss J squared. No oh, good. She says, "Sisters, welcome back. I'm so excited. Like you too. I have been pretty MIA since the holidays. This is back in early February. Uh huh." When we came back for that one episode. Yep. Sister J, I am so sorry that I did not finish NaNoWriMo. I deeply, <laughs> I deeply regret that. I am still plugging away on my novel, however. Yours sounded like a truly engrossing read. I am so <laughs> glad that you finished. I hope that gets published because I will definitely be purchasing a copy. 
I will have to send you another email just about that. Don't want to bore Sister K. Yeah. Ha ha ha. <laughs> That's not well, boring. Well, wait a minute. Let me stop and say, I am uh, uh, looking for an agent, so I am going to try. I've edited it like twice. I've had uh, beta readers read it twice. And so now, if I can get it published, I am going to get it published. So, or try anyway. So, cool. thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so she goes on to say about Fringe. Um, Fringe has been especially exciting lately. Mm-hmm. I love the last episode with the disappearing buildings. Yeah. Astrid had me cracking up. <laughs> Walter, I've seen a lot of things working with you, and I think I've handled them all pretty well, but this I cannot do. Oh, yeah, but she was. <laughs> yes, that was he good. He had the body taken back that to the I was lab. With and, her. Oh, yeah, and he was going to, you know, uh, uh, do an autopsy on this man with, yeah. with uh, four legs, four arms, and that head in his chest. She said, mm. that was freaky. It and was. now not only does Astrid have an idea about Peter, but Olivia knows. Yep. This changes everything. Now, they haven't <clears throat> gone back. Okay, let me finish her sentence yeah. first. Yeah. This it. changes everything. What do you think will happen? How soon will, until Peter finds out? And I wonder how long Olivia's special ability will last. <clears throat> now, uh, before we go on with her email, that they haven't gone back to that episode where Walter told Astrid, I can't let Peter die again. Mm-hmm. Or I can't. Well, the know, next episode following that, uh, she did ask Walter. What did you mean? What did you mean by I can't let Peter die again? And he had that. And we talked about right. this. He had that abrupt <laughs> answer. He had that answer. Well, some things are better left alone. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So Astrid still has that in the back of her mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she it hasn't come back up yet. <clears throat> okay. She goes on to say, speaking of, I'm starting to get the feeling that Belle is a really is a is really the good guy in all of this and maybe walter was sent away not because he found out how to travel between the worlds but because he was taking things too far don't get me wrong i love walter but when he got full use of his brain back he kind of turned into a jerk <laughs> and and when olivia found out how scared she was as a child i wonder if walter is not all sugar and spice like he seems Sister K, mm-hmm. I was yelling at the show when Peter and Olivia almost kissed. <laughs> I know we all talked about how messed up it would be if they tried to make a love connection between those two. Yeah. Moonlighting all over again, right? Yep. Hope they steer clear of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, and finally, they brought Nina back. She's been missing too much for my taste. Me too. They need to peel the layers off that character. Mm-hmm. Okay, talk to y'all later. Miss J Squared, Jessica. Thank you, Miss J Squared. You know that was a good. That was I a agree. Good email. I agree mm-hmm. too. I love the Nina Sharp character. I do I, too. And they need to like let us know. Okay, how she lose her hand? What happened to her? Mm-hmm. Of course, we kind of know though. Well, because we're behind, we know yeah, that they anyway. explain that a little bit. But okay. what do you think about what she's talking about? Walter is not such a good guy. Uh, I mean, we kind of knew this because of those experiments that they were doing on kids, mm-hmm. which, and without their knowing, and obviously without the parents knowing, or we think, we don't really know. <clears throat> and then just some other stuff that he did. He wasn't around. I mean, up until now, we, this season, we don't really know, or we didn't really know mm-hmm. what had happened between him and, and, his mo- and Peter's mother to where he was never around Peter when he was young. I don't think he is the the bad guy in that uh, duo of him and William Bell. No. But I think... He's done some bad stuff. He's done some bad things. But I do not believe that Walter is the 
is the heavy, so to speak. I think of the two, probably William Bell may have done some things and... Um, pinned it on Walter. Pinned it on Walter. Tried to keep Walter yeah. out of the loop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he could excel. Yeah. I think so. I <clears throat> yeah. think that's the way it's going to come out. But, you know, in, in future episodes, we get more information about the Walter and Peter relationship. So some, some of her questions will, you know, be made apparent. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. So our next email was from Alan Pang, Zero Fights. And he says... This is back in February, of course. Oh, yeah. Hey, girls, I'm with you that the episode Unearth is not good. However, I don't think Fox did a wrong move with the episode. Having Charlie back. <coughs> excuse me. That's when, when Charlie yeah, came back. It was I weird. Remember. Having Charlie back and having the fringe episode at Monday night actually benefited the show. First, it creates a buzz all over the Internet. And second, the ratings for the episodes from Unearth to Jacksonville are way higher in comparison to the episodes last fall. So I don't really mind Fox doing this to us as long as it will allow Fringe to get renewed as much as possible. Zero fights. Hey, thank you for that email, Zero thank Fights. You. And I totally disagree. <laughs> I hated that episode uh, showing Charlie back. Unless they was going to have some some uh, uh, explanation that he was an alternate Charlie or something. That was just too jarring to me. He, he, the man was dead. He was already dead. That character was dead and gone. And I just thought it was uh, really poor judgment on Fox to air that episode out of sequence like that. I don't know if we ever got the real explanation about it. but yeah. <clears throat> I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't did like the like episode, it. but I do agree with Zero Fights that if whatever makes our ratings go up, not ours. Well, but that's true. Fringe's ratings go up. To where we have more fringe, I'm all for. But well, that's true. However, there are those others like me that they keep doing that kind of shit. I'm out. I don't like that stuff. No, you kill off a character, they dead and gone. No, I'm don't not be out. bringing them back like that. I'ma still watch. Oh hell, even anyway, if the dread like happens, I said, if they keep doing it, but that's just they one won't. character. <clears throat> you know, they won't. So. They won't. Okay, thank y'all all for the email. Yes, if thank you. y'all would like, if anyone else would like to send us an email about what you think about the season so far, or the second half of the season, mm-hmm. please email us at sistaspeak at gmail.com. Our voicemail is 972-692-7341. And our website is sistasinreview.com. E-N-review.com. Okay. That's it for now. I'm Sister Kate. And I'm Sister J. See you next time.